Welcome, one and all, to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. A podcast where three people come together to talk about comics, but just on one guy, Moon Knight. That's right. And here's a trifecta this week, starting with myself, Connor Stevens. I'm Rebecca Hart. And I'm just Ray. And um, and this episode, um, we're looking, we're returning to our panel by panel review. Uh, this time, it's going to be Volume Five of Charlie Houston's Moon Knight Run. Um, so, grab your issues, sit back, and get your conchu on. Yes, welcome back, or welcome for the first time, if this is your first episode, the Winter Olympics happening on TV outside my room, but I don't care, <laughs> I'm here to talk about a man ripping another guy's face off, because yes, it is the long-awaited episode it's kicking off out, us talking about the, uh, many would say, seminal Moon Knight run with uh, Houston, and uh, can't wait to crack mm-hmm. into that one, but of course, we, I have two other great people with me. And how are the both of you guys doing? I'm good. I've had a, a crazy couple of weeks, but I'm back on normal sort of track now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just um, just plugging along here myself as well. Uh, I wanted to actually ask. I'm interested to know for both Rebecca and Connor. Connor, you mentioned the Winter Olympics in in Australia. Um, it doesn't. I don't think it gets that much exposure, like compared to maybe like colder countries and and in Europe. Um, Rebecca, do you do you follow it a lot? Or I I'm the kind of person who's I'm not massively into sports, but I genuinely love international sports. So I'm quite fixated by the Olympics in a way that I would not normally watch anything else. So uh, yeah, like yesterday morning, I got up and we have a lot of live coverage overnight so i miss i miss watching some of it live because of my stupid work hours but um i think i spent like good four hours watching it yesterday um and i'll probably go go down this morning after we've recorded and watch a little bit and then yeah i just i just i there's something about the the massive uh sort of international levels stuff that makes me watch things that i wouldn't normally give any attention to i'm the same with the world cup and i mean cricket i watch anyway so that's kind of a separate thing but like football and rugby and stuff i'll start watching it when it's the internationals and pay zero interest when it's the local stuff (laughs) yeah no that's that's fair enough i mean like um i know about you connor about the summer summer olympics i think they're a big thing um well as it was i was growing up anyway um but yeah exactly like you rebecca the the world cup of soccer, of football, I think the the only real World Cup I reckon. Because look, I'm a big rugby fan as well. Uh, actually, rugby union in the World Cup is pretty good. Um, do, do you follow any of that, Connor, as well? Uh, not really. I watched the I watched the table tennis, <laughs> like a, oh, yeah. a championship of that. But that's about it. <laughs> I um, I'm pretty rubbish with most things. Like I didn't even know the Winter Olympics was happening until I was out for dinner last night. It was playing on the one of the TVs in there. I was like, huh. I'm rubbish. Yeah, I got. I got to admit, Aussies, uh, um, Aussie coverage is pretty ordinary. Uh, I guess because we're so kind of isolated as well, it tends to be all on. I guess the Aussie competitors, which is fair enough. But you know, it's also nice to see, um, you know, the world, or you know, the, t- the top top of their field, Norwegians 
or the Dutch. <laughs> to be fair, there's <laughs> not there's never usually masses of, of British uh, competitors, and our coverage does give them more coverage than they need. But like, uh, yeah, I think I, I I can't help. I love figure skating. I like watching the skiing. Mm. Just the snowboarding was pretty cool yesterday. Um, so yeah, you know, it's just like you said, it's just fun. A- any stacks? Were there any like massive accidents? It's a bit morbid to think. Um, no, there was, there was a couple of like f- of spills. I won't say massive falls, but I watched. No. It's a terrible <laughs> thing oh, to ask. It's like, I know. I, was, I, know, I was once terrible. going out with a guy who, um, whose uh, father or brother, brother I think, had died in a skiing accident. So at oh. that point, I was kind of banned from watching it skiing. For oh, obvious mm. reasons, because I couldn't watch it. Um, so it's been, it's taken a long time for me to get back to it. Just you asking that, I'm like, it's a terrible thing to oh, ask. No. I know, that's a terrible, <laughs> I retract that statement, that's terrible. <laughs> there, was Sorry, one, there was one really, there was one really cute one where somebody like tripped over their own foot a little bit, but only, only about an inch forward. So it wasn't dangerous at all, but it was just, oh, it okay. just looked like the kind of clumsy thing I'd do walking around the house. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Yeah, I saw some skating, like some speed skating now or something, and I saw a, a Dutch guy wobble. And I mm. thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, tiny, tiny things please tiny minds. <laughs> Look, there's no reason that we all. There's a reason we all like Moon Knight, which is not one of the like romance comics. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's right. And and thank you so much, Rebecca, for bringing us back on track. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so we're we're here, Loonies. What episode is it? Episode twenty-eight, I think. Um, we're going and, with you uh, on we've got... <laughs> yeah, 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 I guess so. <laughs> yeah, and we have a big panel by panel review, which um, these are really fun to do. And like I mentioned last episode, kind of we we forgot to do it for the Resurrection War run, but um, yeah. you know, we'll uh, we'll maybe one day we'll go back and re-record that episode <laughs> but uh let's look forward um before we get into the panel by panel uh only only the slightest bit of news this week i guess um and that was from you rebecca it posted on the facebook group yes i kind of saw it on uh, bleeding cool to be fair and then went and went and um checked it out for myself that in last week's comics there was um they've been doing these old style adverts for up-and-coming yeah, really comics, which I think have been really great. Everyone's kind of like loved them. And so the one for Doctor Strange Damnation um, came out this week, and it's and it mentions the Midnight Suns, which was very exciting. Yes. Because they've yeah. not been mentioned as such in any of the solicits, as far as I'm aware. So it was the first time they, they absolutely um, sort of put the two together. Kind of official, isn't it? Well, like you know, it, in that I would sense, say that that's it comes about through as Marvel. Official as it gets, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because previously, the only word we heard from was it was purely from Greg Smallwood himself, mm. kind of, um, kind of trying to push the agenda of, yes. of getting that kind of done. So, so this is very encouraging actually to see. And uh, yeah, it was. Um, it's got all of not only Moon Knight, but I guess uh, all of your supernatural fans, um, those who like Elsa Bloodstone, um, of course, Blade. Uh, and uh, Hannibal King, all those sorts of characters, they're, they're going to be returning. So, yeah, it should be very exciting indeed. Yes. Mm. Uh, totally. Mm. Um, did anyone read anything uh, good this week, speaking of? just Yes, lots of good, but too much good. 
I will make um. <laughs> what was it? Sorry, what was the highlight, Rebecca? Oh, it's so hard. There was like really a lot of good comics this week. Um, the most heartbreaking was Transformers. Yep, I'm very which somebody has uh, conned me into reading. I say that, but I'm really enjoying reading it. Um, is is it is it the current run you guys are reading? Or I a... yes, I've caught up, so I'm now able to read it monthly. Cool. Um, Iron Fist was great, I thought. I mean, I'm <laughs> going to talk to the uh, Iron Fist podcast about it a little bit later. So we'll see what everyone <laughs> yeah. else thought. I really enjoyed it. And it's really... The nicest thing about it is that it is 100% set Danny up ready for damnation. And I think the final line was something like, next time De- uh, Iron Fist goes to hell. And it's such a great line. <laughs> oh, cool. So... so um, Oh, and Armstrong and the Vault of Spirits. So I'm going all over the. Uh, I've I read lots of lots of comic companies, not just Marvel. Um, Armstrong and the Vault of Spirits, which was from Valiant, has one of my favourite characters back from not having been in comics for a year or two. That was very exciting. Yes, and that'd be cool. On the Marvel side, Black Bolt always, always a high. <laughs> Black Bolt ten um, was amazing. So. And I think we'll probably talk about Daredevil a bit in a minute. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Black Bolt's been consistent, consistently good. It's uh, amazing. you, Connor? Well, yeah, yeah, the colours look really um, good. Rebecca's. Oh, I haven't got it this week, but I will get it. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, Connor, sorry, what, would you, uh, what, what have you been reading? Uh, I need to catch up on Daredevil. I'm not up with that run at all. But um, I just want to give a special shout-out... Uh, since Rebecca covered some of the greats that Ty Templeton did the art on the Batman Mother Panic special over at DC, which has been pretty crazy. But you get to see him uh, drawing a Mother Panic suit, which you see, uh, which is completely white. So it was kind of a nice little tease of seeing him on Moon Knight eventually in the in the coming months. Mm. So that was pretty fun. Cool. He's a great artist. Yeah. My tablet actually died for like most of this week before it returned today, so I've read a few comics oh, no. trying to catch up. Yeah. Oh, that's asshole. Bugger. Yeah, I um, I have I've read very little actually. I've still I got the stuff from a local comic store, but I haven't um, haven't actually read any of it yet. <laughs> um, I've been reading Incredible Hercules. I got the, oh. uh, some trades there. Yeah, so 113 to 116, I think it was. Um, one of the trades. Uh, it's pretty cool. I like it. Uh, it's like it's it's different from the um Abnett one, Rebecca, but it's it's still. It's still pretty cool. There's like, a lot um, of good Hercules the out there. He's always a fun yeah. character. I'm, I'm always curious about the whole Greek mythology kind of side of things, you know, because to me, Greek mythology is a lot is, is a lot bigger than, say, Norse mythology, in my, no, know, I agree. In my opinions. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you grow up and, and well, you know, and, and I, got, I got exposed to Greek mythology more than, like, Norse. So, uh, yeah, always kind of curious to see what Hercules is up to. And, and there's Ares there as well and, and, and Zeus. So it's all it's all been pretty fun. Um, but, yeah, still got to read Daredevil, still got to read Iron Fist, all that. I'm, I'm really behind. And uh, I wasn't able to pick up Black Bolts um, or a few of the comics because I got I, – um, I indulged a bit and got the Secret Weapons – Hardcover deluxe, mm. so <laughs> I had to kind of, you know, lose Cut some that. to get yeah. that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's been a been pretty cool, and looking forward to reading more comics. Um, yeah, before New Comic Book Day this coming Wednesday. Relentless. 
never ends. Relentless, is it? I know, I know. Even Christmas, New Year's, it just doesn't stop. You just get sales. <laughs> wanting you to spend even yeah. more. I know. And the good thing is that the sales are always going to be there, you know? Yeah. It doesn't matter sales on what, but you'll get sales somewhere. So that's always encouraging. Um, oh, Connor, as well. A bit of news as well. You you, you, uh, you picked up uh, a whole a whole swag of Moon Knight comics, didn't you? Yeah, I actually ended up um, picking up the entire first volume, uh, issues one to thirty-eight, for under a hundred bucks. My God, that I shouldn't have spent. Jeez. But I now own them, and they should be here tomorrow. So that's pretty heckin' exciting. That's that's bloody awesome. In one big hit, you kind of <laughs> you've got it all. So yeah, that's awesome. Shout you, out you to can, uh, Paul for out... getting it through to me. The yeah, the Verbster, he's, he's really good. He's a really good loony. Um, he, he's our watchdog for all um, all bargains. He um, he keeps on adding me into anything Moonlight related on those sales on Facebook. Um, so I really appreciate that, Paul. Thanks for that. And uh, yeah, he's he's come good um, with a, a set of Moonlight for you, Connor. So that's great. Yeah. Um, look, there's not... I mean, that was pretty much, I think, the only yeah, news. Yeah, it's, it's kind of uh, sad. The Damnation. Is yeah, it, is um, Damnation yeah. next week or the week after? Twenty first of February. Yeah, so, after. yeah, the week after. Yeah, and Connor, you you are a marvel at at the segue. That's awesome. Because um, <laughs> speaking of Damnation, <laughs> uh, we'd just like to announce uh, Loonies as well. Uh, if you haven't heard already, we'll be doing a crossover. Uh, with three other podcasts. So I believe the Defenders TV podcasts have already um, have already uh, promoted the event that will be coming, and and we'll be covering all of Damnation. So from the 21st of February, all four of of the podcasts, you put all four of us together, and you'll get the entire coverage of reviews for all the core books, um, but also all the tie-in books as well. So uh, that should be a whole heap of fun. Uh, we can't absolutely can't wait to get that started. Um, I think Connor, since um, and Rebecca, since there's no actual Moonlight tie-in books, uh, we've put up our hand to cover the Scarlet Spider books. So, so a little <laughs> different. <laughs> of all things, um, well, we we kind of drew the. We kind of drew the short straw because, like, Ghost Rider has like a Johnny Blaze comic. Iron Fist have got his uh, their comic. Uh, Doctor Strange, uh, which will be covered by Defenders TV podcast, will they will cover Doctor Strange? Uh, and there's only Scarlet Spider left. So poor poor Moonies. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll and you know the, what um, we'll do in advance is we'll get you some notes about where Scarlet Spider is at the moment and what he's Las doing. Vegas. Let's do that. That's yeah. Good okay. Idea. Thanks, yeah. Connor. <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to it now. We get like the shortest straw, but we get to dive in. We get <laughs> we get to learn a whole new character for me, really. Yeah, me too as well. Uh, yeah, really actually, young. I saw a screenshot from the latest issue that kind of made me want to go back and read it. So I guess it's not entirely terrible to dedicate a few apps to this podcast to. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm up for that as a challenge. But you also might get me on the Iron Fist podcast, so people might get very bored of me. So we'll see. I'll be around. No, when not I'm at all. Like, like... I'm not. I'm not touching Scarlet Spider. I got Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, Ray and Connor. I'm not available. Uh, I won't be able to make this episode. <laughs> but you'll be feeling all the Iron Fist ones. Like, okay, hang on. No kidding. On. The Iron Fist one does look really good though. They, they do, actually. I, and I Doctor do Strange has got Nico <laughs> Hendrickson, who I love to death. Mm. Yeah. 
And also, to be fair, the Doctor Strange one we know is going to be good because I'm me and me and Connor are both reading Doctor Strange anyway. Yeah. So, oh, I'm yeah. reading as well. It's it's uh, it's, it's good. Hooray. Um You're not reading yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Just... It's all behind that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I went. I went back to digitals on that, so oh, um, it's been, yeah, it's been pretty cool. With that as well. Yeah, but I think John from Defenders TV podcast, he's going to have a ball reviewing mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. He's um, a Doctor Strange fanatic, Megafan, so yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to actually hear him review it. So that'll be pretty. Yeah, cool. me too. Um, so yeah, it's um, Defenders TV podcast, the Inner Demons uh, Ghost Rider podcast, and the Immortal Iron Fist uh, with us. We'll put up a list, and I know Ray's worked very hard on a special little something for us to advertise it with, so... Yeah, well, uh, you keep your eyes peeled, loonies. Um, across all those sites, there'll be a little little, uh, little video to uh, to whet the appetite, so that'd be pretty cool. be pretty cool indeed. Um, and also, I guess uh, I'd like to also mention as well... Uh, there's a, a band of us, so not only the four podcasts involved in this crossover, but uh, there's a, a small community that we are now part of. It's um, Initially, it's called The Collective at the moment, uh, and it, there are about, I think, 12 or 13 podcasts on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's basically our um, podcast network that we'll be part of. Um, so look out for, in the future, I guess, um, there might be uh, guest appearances or... Um, references to the other podcast as well. But basically, we set it up. Um, we are talking with uh, Adelaide Rising, the Inhumans podcast, uh, Adam over there. And it's uh, what we wanted to do was create a, like a repository of sorts um, for ideas and, and just to, you know, um, bounce around, I guess, podcasting, in, you know, ideas in general. So, uh, yeah, so we've created uh, something called The Collective. Um, so we'll get some information out there for, for you loonies just to have a geese. Uh, and, yeah, and by all means, please, I highly recommend all the shows on there are, um, are really great. Um, they're all on the list, uh, podcast list that uh, I listen to and, and I'm sure Connor listens to as well. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's a heap of fun. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, I guess I guess it's time to uh, to go over the moon. <gasps> and at this time, we have a panel by panel review of issue one of volume five, um, Charlie Houston's Moon Knight run. Uh, yeah, guys, are you ready for this one? Last time we did, uh, the panel by panel for Max Bemis's, uh, number one, mm-hmm. I believe. Is that right? Yeah, so this is gonna be heaps of fun. Uh, speaking to some of the loonies as well, that they, they can't wait to dive into it again, to revisit it. So, um, looking at you, Bobby, from Moonlight Core, <laughs> he's pretty keen on the story. So, um, yeah, let's, um, let's get underway. For, for any listeners, first time listeners, what will, do is literally a panel by panel. Uh, Rebecca, Connor, and myself will go through each of the pages, each of the panels of issue one, and uh, just comment, I guess, on the story, characters, uh, artwork, uh, and basically anything that we that we like or don't like. <laughs> so uh, let's get into it. Um, Rebecca, can I ask you maybe to, to kick us off with page one? Oh, uh, and, and no, the credits, should... I guess. Yeah, go on. Yeah? Do you want me to start? Do you want... Uh, yeah, no, yeah, start. Just to make sure I've got the right one up. 
Okay, okay, cool. Um, all right, so we are looking at Moon Knight, The Bottom, uh, right out Charlie Houston with penciler David Finch. Uh, we have inkers here, uh, Danny Mickey with Crime Lab Studios, Victor Olazaba and Alan Martinez. Uh, colorist Frank Darmada with Letterer VC's Joe Caramagna. Caramagna. Uh, assistant editor Daniel Ketchum, associate editor Corey Sedlmeyer, and editor Axel Alonso, uh, with a special thanks to Pond Scum. I don't know what that is, but uh, a special thanks to them. Uh, yes, <laughs> this is uh, this is the arc called The Bottom, and issue one is chapter one, The Fun Stuff. So, uh, yeah, uh, have you got the right one, Rebecca? I will in one second. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no worries. I do. Okie dokie. Um... All right, look, I'll grab the first one then. It's a pretty nondescript page. <laughs> um, so we open to basically a wide shot of a city. I'm assuming it's New York City. Uh, and a, a narrative by uh, by Moon Knight. Um, so basically the rain, there's rain pouring down from above. It's night time. There's a, there's a glow of, of buildings, um, a light from within the buildings as we kind of pan lower down. Uh uh, and Moon Knight describes basically how um, how he's kind of left with with this side of, this kind of job, right? You have other other guys, world savers, who have um, who have different scales of, of of work to do. So you've got uh, the likes of the Fantastic Four um, fighting you know giant monsters. Uh, you've got uh, you know supervillains trying to wipe out the human race. So you have the X Men doing that. Uh, you've got the Avengers um, tackling invaders from from outer space, but uh, there's also crime on the ground on the street. So as we pan down, we get lower and lower, um, basically down the street level, um, and they're just basically shots of of, um, of buildings. I guess it, I guess it sets the mood for basically what Houston has in mind for this entire run, and I guess the entire run is a is a very grim and dark um, city. Yeah, this is this is very much like we very much sets the atmosphere just immediately. It's a this isn't a city painted to be nice. It it's decaying, it's rotting, it's really brown pastels with flickers of light. The rains like the probably the most prominent sort of thing that isn't or like, already like shown as um just sort of rubbish. And this came out of the big um. Basically, this came out post the Marvel Knights era, which sort of re-kickstarted everything under um, Joe Crusader's watch. And there was a big push when we um, reopened with Marvel Knights after Marvel's bankruptcy that really put the focus on um, uh, Marvel street level. So it was really sort of, you know, you read the Marvel Knights book especially, it really leads into this portrayal of of New York City and this one page just so immediately sets the scene for us that, you know, it's both perfectly, you very much perfectly get the same, the same, um, basically get the same atmosphere for a new reader that you would for someone returning to click on and realize, yep, this is what's happening. This is the world we're in. This isn't a, this isn't a nice world for our slightly murderous superhero. Yeah. And the panels are all horizontal. There's no split down the middle, and they overlap, and they're messy. They're not lined up. 
Mm, so, yeah, um, they shift. They shift uh, laterally, to that kind they? of. We're gonna shift ones on ones right aligned, ones left aligned, ones central aligned. Yes, um, but they all overlap vertically. You'll understand when you see it. Um, <laughs> and the, and the word panels though they do lead your eye down just down the left hand yeah, side of the page perfect. as well. Yeah, so um, it is a, a pretty well thought out layout. It reminds me also as well. I mean, just of um, of kind of the late nineties, early two thousands anyway, the era. Because if you look at the classic runs like in the seventies and the eighties, we've seen the Bronze Age where things are kind of light and um, you know a, a little uh, a little jovial. Uh, and it's definitely with uh, the eighties, the nineties. I don't know. Tended to tended to be a bit, um, I think, over the top, um, and and with with garish costumes. That's that's how I kind of see it as well. Yeah. Um, and now we're kind of entering towards, um, yeah. It's it's almost, uh, yeah, just like the grim, the darkness of it all. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it sets a good tone. It's a good first page. Uh, Rebecca, do you want to go next, or shall I? Yes, I'll go on. I'll go next. So similar style. We're still. We've now reached the street. Um, with the words that leaves this and we see a gunfight just two guys uh, one in a green car one in a red car they're racing along the streets Um, everything's a little bit kinetic and funny while the Moon Knight narration is still talking about he's still going down the heroes he's got to the street level now he's gone past all the Avengers the X-Men now he's on to Daredevil um, Spider-Man Which he makes a nice little. He's got his he's got his hands full with all the best, uh, all the B list supervillains. So he's he, you can yeah. there's a wit behind it. Um, and then we get down to the the actual gunfight. We're bang on the street, and he starts with someone has to do this. And that last panel takes up half the page. So you've got all these like bitty panels again. Then whoop, and it's also your first um, brush of proper color. As Connor said, everything before is very brown and pastel and now we've got um the bright orange of the gunfire and then the green and red car mm. sing along yeah uh, one one of the things i've got to i've got to smirk at is how could these guys not hit each other <laughs> they're, they're pretty close <laughs> uh, but they don't seem to be able to <laughs> yeah they're storm there must be stormtroopers in waiting because they that's my they are so close <laughs> but um, they're shooting each other almost point blank, and they're missing. So maybe it's the uh, the motion of the car, which kind of is rocking them. Yeah, but, you uh, I do like... are they, you know, shooting up the buildings as they go, though. So it's kind of yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I do like the um, the kinetic energy of uh, that. It must be like um, post production computer effects on this to kind of blur the images slightly to, to give it that sense of speed. So if you look at the second panel when they're shooting each other. The background is slightly blurred. Oh, it is. Yeah, the window. That's cool. Yeah, to kind of show you that they're kind of moving moving fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you... Um, I always... Uh, that's always something to pick up on as well. You definitely see... I think that's also one of the big parts of the rain, especially in the previous scene. I think a few more going forward, but here it's more so denoted by the wind in the top panel that there's... There really is such a focus on the way we're moving, uh, like the way things move, and I always thought that was such a big thing of this era because I know it's such such a prominent and incredible showcase in um, uh, uh, Fraction Aya's um, Immortal Iron Fist run, where you just see they're always such like such a, all the artists just seem to 
very much focus on these like panel to panel movement and it just always works out so well and it just really highlights the graphic violence of this era and i think the narration as well is so of its time which is weird to say when of its time was a whole less than 12 years ago i think this is 2006 but this narration about you know this narration almost justifies moon knight's existence like this is why he's dealing with this and why there's not why aren't the x-men here doing this because i feel like at the time after the big superhero fallout of the 90s, there was always such a like a need for people to feel justified in reading um, heroes again, and very much, I think the violence of this one made this one stand out as well, and sort of setting the scene so immediately makes it stick out that this isn't sort of the superhero books you were reading as a kid. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 um, it actually, and, and he immediately as well, Houston sets Moon Knight apart from the other street level characters like Daredevil and Spider Man. So he's even different from them as well. So, um, apart from differentiating him with the, the big hitters like Fantastic Four or the Avengers, uh, Moon Knight is still set, set apart from, um, from these, uh, street level, street level guys as well. And, um, I just wanted to also mention as well these first two pages. I think much like uh, they always, much like you hear from street level characters, the city itself is is pretty much a character as well, which I think is why Finch has done so well to to um, you know to, to spend some time on the on the detail for the architecture and the city. So you have got the fire um, fire escape ladders. You know you've got you've got these um, these apartments that really look synonymous with uh, with New York. I think and it's and it's, mm-hmm. uh, that's a good touch. Right. Um. Uh, I guess I'll take the next one, which is... I'm all in for those big splash pages. Baby, we get the shot of our boy, Man in the Sky, and our first sort of drop of where we not not only see this character now physically, but also his opening personality within this arc, that um, the first speech bubble we see sort of more so associated with Moon Knight is that someone has to do the fun stuff. The first thing we see of Moon Knight after six years since his last own run and a few years since his last appearance in Marvel Knight that we see Moon Knight as someone back back in the shadows taking delight in being a street-level vigilante, setting him up as just someone someone ready to get in and do the action, which is, you know, once again, it's just such quick quick setup and so we have a shot from the bottom seeing uh, Moon Knight grasping his cape in a very dramatic fashion falling from the moon copter in the lightning flashing sky running past more of those decaying apartments where we see uh, our credits for the issue with Moon Knight the bottom chapter one the fun stuff yeah and what a what a crazy perspective Finch has done here Mm -hmm. like uh, we're looking from below looking dead straight up uh, and I guess it just uh, emphasises Moon Knight's um, his recklessness because he's gone head first, like straight down. Uh, and it's a great shot from from Finch here. You get the the silhouette of the moon copter above, uh, which emulates the moon. Uh, you get this the awesome architecture around it, uh, all kind of perspective, all kind of uh, uh, heading towards a vanishing point of of the moon, the moon copter. And, uh, yeah, Moon Knight just um, launching himself. And, and that word bubble uh, kind of sums it up as well. Someone has to do the fun stuff. He, uh, he's, yeah, he's slightly, he's slightly reckless, slightly crazy. 
yeah, it's almost sort of a. You can see where sort of people are talking about the change in um, the Bemis run when it comes to Mark Specht, even the Lemire run when, you know, one of the one of the big runs has a Mark quite ready to pummel the shit out of everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And actually, one of the things uh, I'm I'm reading from a, a trade um, as we go through this. Uh, one of the beauties, I guess, of a, a digital. Um, is that you don't get that spine down the middle because this is such a beautiful shot of Moon Knight yeah. and it's proven to be quite a, quite a popular shot of Moon Knight as well. You mm. see a lot of fans kind of using it. Um, yeah, and it's just a shame that it's kind of doubled, uh, it's kind of broken up by the, the spine of the book, but digitally you'll get the, uh, you get the unadulterated image, which is really cool. As we turn the page... Uh, where ret- we return to the, the criminals in the in the cars shooting at each other, and we get a shot again from within the car, one of the cars, uh, of the driver and the his partner shooting at the other car. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, there's a like there's a wump on the on the car roof, and uh, someone's landed on there, and that, we all know that's probably Moon Knight. Uh, there's a shot of uh, a shocked look on the guy's the criminal's face. Um, and then, uh, what happens? His gun is like, um, is taken from him. It's somehow. definitely disappears from his hand. I think is the only Disappe- thing you can tell yeah. from the panel. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I was assuming like maybe a crescent dart or something. I don't know because it seemed to be a bit whipped of a, out of his hand somehow. Yeah, whipped out of his hand. Yeah. Uh, so he's kind of shocked. That's gone. And then there's a, a close up of his bloodshot eye. Um, as I guess he's starting to confront Moon Knight. Uh, so looking at this page again, similar to what you said, Rebecca, there's a, uh, just a lot of horizontal panels, very similar to the first page. It basically. is. It's, it, yeah, you've, you've managed to get two pages that are very similar. Um, mm. uh, hardly any text at all. Yeah, it's a very silent page. It's, a, it's another of those ones that shows um, the ambiguity of having textless comic but also just how much art can tell a story. That yeah, you can actually sure. talk about what's happening with no dialogue there. We've not had any dialogue yet. It's all been this voiceover. And um, the, the emphasis is on the movement here, like the, I guess the, um, the panel. So from the top panel to the, the second panel, there's obviously a difference there. Yep. Um, someone jumping on the roof. Yeah. Um, quite dynamic with the blurring as well, again, of um, of the gun disappearing and the car in full motion. Yeah, and that close-up on the eye is just great. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think you can tell a good artist by how they do a good close-up of the eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and this is quite good. I'm, I'm struggling to think there's an artist, a Moon Knight artist, who does it really well as well. I think it's um, uh, Frank Avia, I think, when we did the Lumi run. Oh he yeah, did a lot of close-ups on the eye. Of, yeah, yeah. a lot of emotion from there. Hmm. Right. So the next page is quite dark again. Um, like you can't actually see the panel borders; <coughs> they're so blended into the background. But we get mm-hmm, more yeah. voiceover this time. Um, with and <laughs> yeah, you get more looks of fear on from the car. There's a smashed wind plate, window pane. But that's probably from the gun people anyway. Um, he talks about, he says, people ask how I can live with like this, the rifts, the blood I spilled, <laughs> the times I've descended into madness. So we're, what, two pages in past the, the title <laughs> screen. It's already mentioned. And this is such a great 
intro to Moon Knight. It's like covering all the bases immediately. Um, then you see the driver of the other car, I imagine, uh, and <laughs> a leg. Just a leg on the pavement. Oh, wait a second. You see the green car in the background. Oh, no, we see Moon Knight. I see him. Yeah, there he is. Here he is, landing Just on the flash. green car, flipping it, uh, totally throwing it around, and the guy's in the red car looking on horrified. As the green car explodes um, as they're watching and lot, you see in, in the windscreen mirror you see a guy hitting the pavement which is a beautiful way of showing someone watching the violence way. going on in front of them. You're just getting the reactions from the horrified driver. The last thing uh, Mark says is the times I've died and then you see this little crescent grappling hook come out and attach itself yeah and one thing you'll have definitely picked up if you're reading this is that david finch loves his muscles everyone yeah is super defined muscle muscle men oh yeah yes it's a uh, harking back to yeah the older kind of older days artists yeah but we have a um, direct consequence from um, the grapple in that Moon Knight is taking absolutely zero chances here and he pulls the bonnet. I always forget my car turns. I think it's the bonnet. Oh, he pulls up the hood to um, completely blind the driver and has him crash directly into into the... Um, Green cast split up by three panels, uh, one of just a smaller one up the top of lifting, one showing the driver completely completely blindsided by the red hood, and then we have one nice, large, two, little over half of the page panel of that crash and Moon Knight just flipping away like it's nothing. Just all up in about that violence, we see the Define... We once again, right, we see the motion blur of the car hitting, we see the glass smashing, the fine details, and a uh, lovely license plate that says, Fug One, so... So that leads us on to Ray for the, uh... One of, a, one of our favourite equipment popping up in the next page. Okay, uh, so the next page we have a shot of both of the cars decimated after the crush... And we see, from a low perspective, um, just from behind, we see Moon Knight, uh, a flowing cape and one of his legs. And then we see some rather, I guess, brutal things um, coming from him. He takes out his much-beloved spiked knuckles. Um, So he's getting ready to, I guess, finish off what he started. Um, So very ominous. Um, You know, more and more we see of Moon Knight. Uh, the horizontal panel below shows a couple of injured criminals as Moon Knight slowly walks towards them. And in his narration as well, he mentions that, um, you know, to broach the, the subject of the Avengers, he was an Avenger, um, and, uh, and how he was actually, not discarded, but how he was sent over to the West Coast, um, which he terms as the B-Team. But uh, as he narrates this, we see a shot of one of the criminals, the uh, the blonde bearded fellow. Uh, he reaches for a gun, and there's a panel of him pointing it towards Moon Knight. We still don't see Moon Knight's face. Uh, it's just his leg and a bit of the cape, and then a couple of shots are fired. So, um, 
it's again just a continuation of the the uh, ominous introduction of of Moon Knight. We did see him in full body in the in the splash shot as well, but he still has that air of mystery to him. Um, the way that Finch is laying him out, very much so. It's uh, it's very much revealing him in parts, and then. Also, oh, um, which we carry on. We get so now as we turn the page, we get like bits of bits of cape, bits of um, eye. Um, as Moon Knight has a bit of a diss on Hawkeye, which is great. Um, yeah. The criminal is screaming, so who knows what Moon Knight is doing to him? But presumably, extremely violent. He's dropped the gun. Yes. You get a Moon Knight glare. You get the guy from the other car getting out of the car as Moon Knight watches. Um, he gets out a gun because <laughs> clearly this is their thing. He shoots at Moon Knight and manages to get a bit of the cape. Um, and we end right up on Moon Knight's face. But in the mask, just close up of a, pretty much his eye hole takes up the whole panel. Now we've moved to vertical <laughs> yes. panels. which is Yeah, um, interesting. So we've gone from all the horizontal panels to now vertical ones, and these ones are very even. There's six on the page. Perfect symmetry. Um, and, what do you think the purpose is for that, Rebecca? Uh, I don't really know. I mean, like, the transition happened the page before because it goes vertical, vertical, hor- uh, horizontal, horizontal, vertical, vertical, vertical. I, I would ima- I, it seems to me from this page is that everything's kind of co- being pulled in and becoming a bit more claustrophobic. So the horizontal gives you that panoramic feeling, doesn't it? Like that's why we take that's why we take widescreen pictures and stuff like that. And this just is a bit more. So I, maybe it's just for effect because he wants to get that eye shot in and intersperse the face. But it does mean that when we get these little glimpses of the violence, we're getting much more of the billow of smoke from the gun and the car crashes than we are of the actual action. So we're kind of having to work out what action's happening. A little bit yeah. more. I think so. I think you're right. It's it's really just constricting your a uh, field of vision. Um, yeah, and uh, definitely with the the real focus on Moon Knight's face and the eye as well. These are massive close-ups compared to then. Then he pan out again, and you see a bit more from a higher view. Moon Knight and one of the the crims. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. What what do you reckon, Connor? Sorry, did I miss? Uh... Oh yeah, um, yeah. You sort of like coupled. I was saying when you said before that we really didn't see a face shot of Moon Knight. The mm. Rebecca's right. Just how much it we don't see it, and then how like this almost like empowering light there is coming from Moon Knight's eye that we focus on as we see really frantic close up panels. Yeah, it's um, he still he looks like a a mean and a tough dude, and he doesn't flinch at all at the gunshot, as you can see the. The, from one panel when the gun goes off to where his cape gets uh, shot at, uh, it's barely moved. So um, he's one tough ombre. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, is that me or Rebecca next? You next. All right, it's me. We hit that um, six vertical panel uh, layout once again, unchanged, um, keeping us as we... Um, we see Moon Knight move to his next victim as we see the layout of the six panels as a a wide vertical shot slowly zooming in on an eye just to show without text we just see the hopelessness of a of what a thug uh, faces when they face off against Moon Knight. It's just the pure 
the pure sort of desperation sea turn to horror is as we move in from the wide shots of the gunfire to just the the terrified defenseless eye but of course we also get here probably one of the most quoted yes. lines in moon knight history he launches on from his uh, absolute barrage against hawkeye where he makes fun of um <laughs> Of the fact he uh, wears right, uh, wears white, thinks it was a riot. But um, we see, uh, co- uh, with comparison to the terrified visuals of uh, this villain, we see him disclaiming that he wears white, so they'll see him coming, so they'll know who it is. Because when they see the mm. white, it doesn't matter how good a target I am. Just showing that he wants to be the target because he wants to them to feel that fear to see, to see. To make them know they're hopeless in the face of an uh, of an enemy that stares them right down in the center, leading on to a uh, another uh, the next page with another with the end of that incredible quote. Yes, <laughs> magnifique. Uh, yeah, it's uh, really he's going to Finch is going to town here with uh, with close-ups. You get an extreme mm-hmm. close-up, the last panel of his of his eyeball. Um, I guess you can't even. I don't know. I guess it's a, it's a sense of terror. You get more of a sense of terror from his facial expressions beforehand. Um, but as you can see, one of his arms is injured. He's just shooting haphazardly, and it just slowly, uh, yeah, focuses in on this guy um, until you get right up to his eyeball. Um, the rain pelting down, and um, as you yeah, as you turn the page, you get one of those hero shots of Moon Knight now. A, um, I guess a like a proper. One of him, he's not flying down or, or swooping down. He's just standing there, uh, over, over the the guy with the the gun. Uh, rain pelting down, lightning in the background. Uh, this panel takes up, I'd say, a good three quarters or two thirds of the, yeah. of the page. No, uh, from top right. to bottom, yeah, three quarters, uh, top to bottom. It just fills out everything. Uh, and it's a it's a beautiful shot of Moon Knight, very Finch. Uh, you know his muscle his muscle bound. Uh, I love the rain there as well. Uh, and then on the right you get four um, kind of square panels, uh, and it's the shot of the criminal again. And he uh, it looks like he's he's pointing the gun to his head. Yeah, um, I think he's that scared. He's decided to right. So he's that scared of Moon Knight. Uh, he's he's kind of threatening to to end his own life, and is about to pull the trigger. Um, but uh, it seems like he's kind of still a bit in awe at Moon Knight. And in the last panel, we see Moon Knight's fists just grab hold of the guy's shirt. Uh, and all the while, uh, we get, as Connor mentions, the um, the end of that quote of Moon Knight saying that um, their hands shake so bad they couldn't hit the moon. So he. He's totally looking um, in the face of certain danger. He doesn't care because he's all in white. Um, and he also explains as well that he wears white not only because he wants to see, he wants enemies to see him coming, but because he's also a priest of sorts um, to his god, which we all know is Konshu. Yeah, setting up the very prominence of Konshu here without even showing him setting up, you know, everything perfectly in the middle of an action scene with, like, flawless exposition with a character we find interesting, which is just sort of a... just incredible work by Houston. But, yeah, just sets up that Konshu is uh, fairly important here. Don't forget about mm. him. Yeah, he's behind it all. 
and then we flip and almost all the panels have um are very white compared to the other tones we've had so we're we're going slightly colorless again but this time it's sort of shades of of white um talks about with mark with his lovely uh pointy knuckles um oh, saying he's proudly serving his god and he's um, and then it's uh, pretty brutal. Yeah, the uh, the villain hits the ground. Make your own determination about what yep. happened. Um, oh gosh, yeah. Uh, well, and now the the interesting thing about this all going white is like the lightning's kind of gone until the last panel, but we we're getting to look straight up at the night sky. So we're talking about the moon. We're talking about Konshu looking up at the night sky. We've still got the rain, but now it's very sort of black and cloudy. And he's saying some people get the whole priest thing. Um, we get our first mention of Frenchie. He said when he said that told mm-hmm. Frenchie the mooncopter had to be rebuilt, had to be built crescent shape. Um, he almost was like, whatever. Um, but he didn't ask why. He knew it was to praise my Lord Konshu. We see the mooncopter. We see this... Uh, this nice rope ladder come down it almost looking like um part of a double helix um the way it's kind of falling down um bit like an alien actually um and he said he knew it was the lord Konshu to thank him for making me his blade of vengeance so there's your entire setup if you'd never heard of moon knight before done by this page um and to thank him for letting me do this and then we get lightning as Mark, uh, as Moon Knight, I should call him, is climbing into the copter. Mm. Yeah, very, um, I guess with his cape, and it's so flowy and all that, and you see that with a, more of the sense with that big panel, but also at the end when he's climbing up the ladder, it does give him that sense of, um, of being a, um, a priest of sorts. And now, um, and I should say fairly, we've now gone from vertical panels to horizontal on this page. He start vertical yeah. while he's doing all the violence to the criminal, and then horizontal as he's going up into the moon copter. And there's some red borders around the panels. There as are well, for the which, two violent yeah. borders, and then the red borders stop once the criminal goes down. So someone's having fun with layouts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which I appreciate. I mean, I love looking at well, what they do with layouts because it can make such a difference. Like. And a lot of it, it does subconsciously in a way I don't know because I, I don't really understand it fully. I just like to note it and know that it's probably affecting how we're all reading this comic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, and again, the text as well, it draws you along a certain mm-hmm. path, um, which is kind of almost like, yeah, almost like the through the centre of each of the panels, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yes, so that's... Me up next for another another f- nice full page of just a nice cap-off uh, with the final bit of narration for this scene, the fun stuff. As we see Moon Knight flying away in his uh, moon copter from the... Uh, we finally see the full the full encapsulation of the wreckage below. Thugs mm. on ground, cars upside down and crashed, and we see uh, two fire trucks coming to their aid as he flies away. Just a whole full page. It's, um, it's pretty cool. Uh, the moon copter's up on to the top top right, I guess. Um, so that's very much in the foreground. 
Um, but most of the action really yeah, is. There's a uh, comic shop what... in the background. I know, yeah. That's so yeah. great. Crazy Cat oh, Comics. Crazy yeah. Cat Comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's um. It's pretty cool. I do like the detail here of Finch. Like, if you look at the car wreckage, it's it's pretty well done. Um, it's and it looks really nicely if, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones he's probably worked on, you know, at a bigger scale and, and just zoomed down for this. Um, but yeah, no, really cool. Um, just having a look here. Any other? No, very kind of New Yorky. I, yeah, I imagine the names above Crazy Cat Comics are probably Easter eggs. Yeah, the yeah. Tony oh, C. Yeah. Kevin M. Tony C. B, Kevin, yeah. yeah. A little shout out to someone there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, looking good. Uh, so if we go to the next page, uh, we're back again to very symmetrical vertical panels. So six equally divided panels. Um, as we we look inside the moon copter, and it's Moon Knight just um just making himself com- comfortable walking up the stairs. Uh, so a full shot of him, uh, and I do like how his face kind of um, it kind of changes from that all black to you do see the white mask under it as well, which Finch shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it's pretty cool. He's getting the best of both worlds there. Uh, and Moon Knight narrates again um, how he's pretty much just a lone wolf. Uh, he's never really part of a team, but having said that as well, he does have. His close um, close support, which is which is Frenchie, and we get a first shot of Frenchie's face there. I think it's a gem, it's and he's amazing. wearing his classic. It is cool, isn't it? It's um, <laughs> I don't know what what you call that emotion. He um, the emotion on his face. He kind of looks. Oh, actually, he's got his saluting mark. He's saluting him, yeah, with his little yeah, yeah, moon yeah. chauffeur cap. He's, yeah, his main chauffeur cat, which is, I'm so glad they kept it from the, um, the original run. So, uh, look, if Frenchie's laughing at the fact that he's got to make a crescent-shaped copter, surely you've got to be laughing at the fact he's got to wear that little captain's hat. <laughs> but um, he's uh, he's driving the, the vessel, and, um, and Moon Knight very much says that they're friends. Um, With the shoulder and, grab. It's so sweet. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. And there's a nice shot there of uh, them... Just above, uh, and looking at the skyline of what's up ahead through the moon copter, uh, we get a nice silhouette of their home, which can only be Grant Mansion, I'm assuming. Um, and the final uh, panel is a just a little sharp um, snapshot of the statue of Conchu in uh, what would, would be probably Mark's study, um, just behind a, a grilled window. So, um, yeah, a bit yeah. Like so a it's a nice little. Yeah, ah, just the window. Yeah. It really confused me when I first saw it. I haven't read this comic for if I've read it for a long time. I haven't read it for a long time, but um, yeah, I was like, why is there a church, an actual church? And then I was like, oh no, that's Konshu. They've just it's just that window makes it look like a confessional to me. Yeah, and the candles. You've got a, like a candelabra there as well. Yeah. Um, and the fact that the the text is a church as well, it is a yeah. Yes. I think I was kind of very you towards it by the ch- the, ch- the text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't understand. Uh, Mark's not Christian. Why would this be? Yeah, yeah. But and um, then yeah, the takeaway for sorry, I get the crazy colourful page turn. Ah, oh, what a smash of colour! So we go from all this beautiful atmospheric black to pink, red. We're going <laughs> romance, everyone. We've covered all his 
his rugged street side and his I'm a weird priest for an Egyptian god. Now, look at who I love. So it starts off with the first, again, six vertical panels, but they are awash with pink. I've never seen this much pink. Um, and <laughs> the first panel is almost like a stained glass window. Well, in fact, that's I imagine it's a mirror, but it looks like a stained glass window of Marlene and oh, Mark okay. in bed. And mm-hmm. the little caption is love. Uh, and each of these captions have full stops at the end of them. So these are like definitive statements here. The next one, we go into them. We go to them in bed, like about to smooch and uh, Marlene every night, every single night. And the bottom three panels are them kissing her hand on his face. Mm-hmm. And he says, I get to do it again. And I'm guessing he means the whole day, not just the smooching. But, you know, <laughs> um, it, it just everything included because it is so ridiculous ridiculously OTT colourful. It is surprising, isn't it? Because it is actually, on the physical copy, it is a, a turn over the page, so you don't see yeah. it at all until you turn over the page. Which is um, such a great sort of shock to the system to say, because yeah. you've just shown us this totally grimdark character mm. who says that he goes mad. He started talking about being a priest for a... Let's say you didn't know the character. He's st- I mean, we're not going to say who he reminds us of, but this is a very, that kind of opening grim yes. miserable yeah, super very much. violent turn the page whoomp there's somebody who he loves and who loves him and because by saying i get to do it again every single night already established they're in a proper relationship yes true um, as well yeah so it's like so this is the other side to him we're gonna start looking at I think, um, apart from the colours as well, uh, I think Finch, I don't know, was direction from Houston as well, but, you know, the heart-shaped headboard and the heart-shaped cushions, yeah. it's really kind of pushing it's that so agenda of... Oh, yeah, OTT. <laughs> it's totally OTT. Is like, like, you would not... Y- yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on. <laughs> come on. Like, this, this is not yeah, where... Yeah. Even Stephen Grant, I don't fully believe, would have a heart-shaped uh, headboard. True. Well, I guess he'd be a man of extremes as well. So possibly, but um, maybe Marlene chose it. And even yeah. that, I'm saying, even that, I don't think most. Speaking as a woman, that would never be in my house. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it is very OTT, as you say. Uh, one of the things, sorry, Connor. Um, before uh, one of the things I just wanted to ask was the bottom three panels. You see that technique used a lot, where it's basically one big picture, but they they do they do cut up the whole picture into three panels and i know it's like you kind of meant to focus on you know the each each of the panels but if you look at the first one it's kind of like marlene's hair um what do you reckon do you think like it could could easily have been done with just one big one big panel or would that muck up the whole layout of having these six panels well i mean they've messed with the layout before so this is obviously an actual choice to do this um and i think it's possibly a choice to keep the six panel layout to have this as one of the ordered parts of his life maybe okay as opposed to the sort of i mean because you're right in like the car crash scenes we had whole half page splashes and the 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 moon knight reveal we had that three-quarter page splash so i mean there's no reason they have to break it up but they obviously wanted to yeah true i mean like out of the three at the bottom i think the middle one tells the most obviously because it, it shows you know them kissing but uh, yeah speech. just I thought the other 
Yeah, the big smooch. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Connor, did... Uh... Which I guess is why the other two, the ones on either side, have got the text on them. Yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. That's a, that's a definite stylistic choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Yes. So we uh, cut to a uh, full uh, nine-panel page showing sort of the uh, progress of time uh, split up by three columns that show different parts of uh, Moon Knight's day that he gets to do over and over again. The first column mm. showing us uh, the fights of the day, whether it's against um, back-alley shooters, thugs, or Doctor Doom in one panel. We see uh, yeah. in the next column we see Frenchie. <laughs> Living the life, sometimes saluting with the, with a half sad face on his face. Sometimes he's smirking, sometimes he's smoking and having a martini. And then, of course, <laughs> Marlene and Mark in bed with the final panel being just full and full of love hearts. It's like a child got a, pa- co- a copy of the page and added the hearts. Yeah, this is a very interesting thing to talk. I mean, like, even the other panels as well. If you look at it horizontally, the top three, and then the middle three, and then the bottom three, the the art style seems to change, like just ever oh, so yeah. slightly. It really does. Mm. And a Doctor Doom, hooray! And Doctor and Mag and there's Magnet Magneto as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the corner. So, uh, yeah, this is a yeah interesting. But I, I'm wondering what the idea of um, stylizing the the artwork as you go down is. Um, what do you reckon? I have no idea. It's dead cool, but um, is it because maybe it just gets so repetitive that it becomes almost like almost a little? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, or maybe that it's memory plays trick. Like the first one's very serious. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very serious and got all the got lots of violence. The second one is a little bit more, a little bit more whimsical. Yeah. <laughs> If you just go on the French, yeah, whimsical. Ones, that's it. Like, right, yeah. By the time you get to the third one, he's in space with Doctor Doom, Magneto. Frenchie's got his massive smoking in a holder, and his martini, and there's little love hearts. It's just like, yeah, it's it's kind of strange. And maybe that's a, a, a um, comment, I guess, on Mark's uh, Mark's mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. but no, no, very, uh, very cool. Um. If we turn over the page, then we, we get, we're kind of losing a bit of the pink now. We're kind of returning more and more back to the grim and dark. Um, Layout-wise, it's still very symmetrical. Six panels, uh, all bordered by red again. So there's a bit of an ominous kind of feel to it. And um, added to that, that shot of Marlene and Mark through the window, or the mirror, slowly fades into the distance. I love that. Um, so... Yeah, it's very cool, isn't mm. it? And actually, it ends up reflecting in Mark's eye. He's like Mark of the real, I guess, of today or currently. Um, so the narration continues um, with how every night was better than the one before, how he's going through this kind of rinse and repeat and fighting villains, uh, beating them up and going home to Marlene. Um, but as he says that... Uh, Every night another chance, but as he says that, the window gets smaller and smaller until we get, get even more of a massive close-up of an eye <laughs> and just the slight glint of the window in it. Um, and then, I guess just the power of Houston's 
script here as well. Again, just singular words with full stops, just please. Um, and then as we track outside, pan outside um, to the eye, give me another chance, and then we see a full face shot of Mark, but he doesn't look like the Mark in, um, in bed with Marlene before. He's a lot more dishevelled. Uh, he's got a lot of, uh, he's got a, a massive beard and moustache and, and longer hair. We see the scar on his eye, which is which is cool because that's um, that's carried through nearly all the runs. And he just says Konshu. So very dark panels there, um, and it's uh, it's almost as if something's lost, I guess. And it's the first sense that we might have an unreliable narrator for the first half of the book. Oh yeah. That, like we have no idea now which bit. Like we we know that this is re- we're coming into reality, but like it it's weird because you've got that sort of sense of well which bit wasn't true was the bit right at the beginning with him fighting the two guys was that true mm. but no because well we don't know because we don't see if he was beardy or, I mean we do know but you know whatever it's this kind of like oh. We're, we're not talking about something going on now, which is weird because all the art's pointing to everything very media, everything very visceral, and it's like, ah, oh, it was in that flashback, or in someone's mind. Yeah, and it, it lends itself to, um, I guess, that previous page of how the artwork slightly changes and things get a bit crazy towards the end of that page. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very effective page. Yeah. And then we turn round and finally get a big splash page and we find out what he's asking is to be a hero. And we see Mark in a wheelchair uh, in front of the statue of Konshu um, and littered around him are cigarettes, burnt out candles, empty Chinese takeaway pill bottles, alcohol bottles, he's in slippers, jeans, um, still very muscly, of course, there's crutches <laughs> yes, rested still. against the Conchu statue, uh, his head's down, he looks totally and utterly defeated, um, and it all just, yeah, and then there's, you go towards the foreground, there's a little bit more colour in it, but it's now it's bottles that have fallen over, uh, paperwork and uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it, and, and the majority of light is just coming through that window. You'd imagine the moonlight. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, he's in darkness, and and that foreground showing the red yeah. kind of insinuates, uh, you know, a darker state of mind for Mark. I guess. Well, things aren't going too well mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for him. No. Yeah. Uh, you there, Connor? Oh, yes. Sorry. Uh, That is totally me. Whoops. Um, Yeah, we head up to the next page, which sees us cutting between very much the the cause of Mark's sudden current. current. Two different words. What? Anyway, ailment. (laughs) Why he ended up like this. We get a shot of uh, his crutches and bordered in uh, colour in a red banner, uh, red border, to see, uh, to see the past in black and white, fade, uh, becoming one with the black background without a border, we see him in the past on the, on the ground, legs absolutely just mangled, as we see very over, as we see overlapping panels of the, of the present over the past, we see some, uh, very familiar teeth, 
and the uh and there's a very gory scene of uh our uh, our once hero ripping ripping flesh followed by blood yeah. Out. We see him uh, trying to drown his sorrows. Him, he's obviously uh, in quite a lot of regret. He's uh, pained, crying. So obviously, what we're what we're seeing is uh, one of Mark's more painful memories where it all went wrong. And I think um, I think with this, like when this first come come out, you like the reader doesn't know yet what happens, right? About him cutting the face off Bushman. So this this little shot at the bottom, the very graphic shot. I mean, it does kind of look like a face. It's um, like we know from hindsight that that's what he does. But uh, all it do, all it does really show in these black and white flashbacks is some sort of gruesome confrontation. Um, and yeah, it has affected him. The shots of uh, of Mark in present uh, just shows off the side of his shoulder, uh, his wheelchair, but also his his crutch. Um, as well as him shakily trying to trying to get some, you'd imagine just painkillers or or something like that. Um, but yeah, all the panels kind of float around. We're back to the horizontal, um, and the page in the in the background is just all black. So throughout this whole book, everything's been quite grim, uh, except for that splash of, of pink um, in his um, days with Marlene. Do you want to set to, uh, shall I tell you the interesting thing I just noticed about this? Um, yeah. In the black and white panels, everyone's facing away from everyone. So Conchu's facing away oh, from yeah. Mark. Frenchie's walking out. Oh. Um, and then yeah. in the bottom one where you think it will be Marlene walking out, it's actually Mark with his back to Marlene while she's crying. It's oh. probably giving you a sense of how each of these relationships ended. Like Mark's ranting at Conchu. Frenchie's walking out, and he and probably Marlene's leaving because Mark was ignoring her. Yeah. In his misery and pain, guzzling. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no. We've got no dialogue now. We've emptied. We've entered a few pages of you having to work this all out from the pictures yourself. Yeah, and the panels all fractured as well. All yeah, remaining fractured. So then, what do we go into next? Oh, slightly more order to the the panels. Um, but, uh, right, Mark, we've got three sets of, pa- of colouring again. We have three panels slightly skewed right, three panels slightly skewed left. They're all horizontals. The ones on the right, the ones on the left, because I don't know my right from my left, the ones on the left have got a purple hue to them. The ones on the right oh, are yes. black and white again. The black and white's clearly our flashback. So, first one, first purple one, Mark throws the pill down. I think we know where this is heading. Then, uh, second purple one, Mark pushes up on the wheelchair, gets to his feet. Uh, third one, though, he's on his knees. So, obviously not quite able to stand. Then the black and white ones with Mark signing something. I don't know if that's referring to anything I should know. And the two guys leaving the mansion. Uh, second one, Marlene stroking Mark's face, <laughs> holding his face while he obviously looks absolutely broken. And the final one, Mark punching at Marlene in the face. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. It's horrific. It's uh, really showing a dark, 
side of Mark. Um, he's really at his, his lowest, it seems. Um, and again, no text. No text. You have to work out for yourself what you think's probably mm. happened there. I'm going with, like you said, at the end of his tether, drunk, her trying to help him, yeah. him lashing out. But it's not pleasant to look at. I mean, it's... it's it isn't. It's no. quite, yeah. It's quite unsettling because you've never seen... I've, I've, I don't think I've ever seen Mark strike out at Marlene. No, I actually um, I actually was reading this going like, I'm going to have to ask them if this happened before because I, I'm not happy with this. Like, mm. like, we have enough Marvel guys who have problems with uh, wife beating. Um, <clears throat> Pim. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, which is interesting because, as we know, that was just the once and this one thing and it's become this defining thing for his character. This doesn't seem to have happened for Mark. So, no, um, not that I can remember. But yeah, I was not expecting this. Um, so yeah, there's that. Still no text. So, as as Ray said, still making up what's going on a little bit for us. Yeah. And as we um hit the next page, I think everything starts to get a bit more frantic. We uh have far more panels for either side. Everything now is a red border and they seem to be sort of overlapping into one another as yeah. one's laid on top just uh, almost faster moving now we, as we see uh, in the coloured bit Mark crawling to Konshu without without use of his legs and dragging himself upwards to the um, grabbing hold of his probably once cloak trying to uh, gather up and we see him in the past him uh, grabbing hold of that cloak once before and uh spitting in the face of Konshu, you know, in the, in his darkest moments. He obviously resented and hated Konshu, obviously blamed it all on him. The spit, the the hate, and we see the change where he's now the one crawling to to Konshu in the present. So it's a, it's a terrifyingly sad duality. I think that it was always sort of the, you know, we don't ever want to see, you know, wife beating in comics, and it's a very confronting thing to see but I think always the difference was that Mark I don't think Mark ever sort of probably because he's not as much as a prominent character but he never also got to you know do right by Marlene as well Marlene you know basically after this run as well has now left Mark for good I think up until the 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 Beamless run so it obviously had the massive effect there wasn't just sort of a get over it immediately Mm. yeah and also, this is very much clearly him at... That's a clearly a way of showing that he's absolutely at his lowest point. At the bottom. Part one. Yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. I dropped out a little there. Um, oh, Connor was being clever. The pa- it's me. It's my pages. <laughs> Ray just doesn't want to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So I, I just don't want to repeat anything um, if it was been said anyway. But... Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The panel layout is um, is a lot smaller. It's a really interesting panel layout. This one, I think, again, because the panels on the left decrease in size. Yes, this is current mark. Oh, decre- Oh, they do. As yeah. the flashback ones aren't as well lined up, but then there's these ones in the middle that, because they've all got black backgrounds, all seem to merge into one like mm. horseshoe shaped panel it's a bit weird but I kind of like it 
It's that it's again. It's that very unsettling. Like, and one of them's got a, a cut off corner. There's all sorts of weird things going on here, but I love it. It's kind of oh, and yeah, I forgot to di- oh, sorry, right? Sorry, I was about to say it, it does look kind of disjointed, but at the same time, it's it's all together. It's all connected. It's all starting to so connect. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Connor. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention probably one of the also the most important parts of this page is the first drop of dialogue. We see Mark, the text block, over, text block over the shots of his past, obviously referencing what he said in the past. And the dialogue box just says on the bottom of the page, on the final panel, shot in the past, I never asked to be a hero. Spitting in the face of Konshu for everything that's happened. Exactly. And at stark contrast to what the coloured panels are of him and what we see in the last page of him wanting help from Conchu again. So, yeah, they're both um, both at opposite ends. Uh, and, yeah, we've reached the end. Um, the last panel is another splash page by Finch, uh, a full one, just one panel, uh, and there's a lot of light and dark here, and, and it's just a picture of Mark... Um, broken and kneeling at the feet of the statue of Conchu, um, grasping at the cape, which, uh, or the sheet that had previously covered the statue. Uh, and again, very minimal text, and it just says, but please let me be a hero again. So we, as, as you see, Connor, very much at the bottom. This is a, a total depiction of Mark at his worst. It is, and his worst and his most fractured... And we still don't... We get a good enough idea about him. It's a, it's a pretty masterful first issue mm. for a run. Because you do yeah. get a sense of someone with a huge amount of regret, a huge amount of the violence and the actual superheroing side, obviously. You know all the important mm-hmm. characters in his life for the good. Like, you know all his, like, his good guys. Um, but And you kind of know what his status quo is. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite visceral at the beginning, um, yeah. um, but it's actually a very like it's a very easy read the first issue, and and it's a nice intro um, because I guess just because a lot of it's told through the the, um, the visuals, um, so yeah, a lot of it's got to do with I guess the layout, which is why we probably were talking about it uh, a lot, and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and and of course Finch is is a master with with the art. Um, um, but a very classic style, as you mentioned, very muscular, um, a very muscular look. Uh, but his layouts are, I think, a standout for this this issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I guess um, that first issue being done, let's uh, let's get to Crescent Dart ratings. Um, Connor, can I ask you first? Uh, what did you think of this issue, and how much would you give it? All right. This issue, like Rebecca said, is just a fairly flawless uh, first issue. You can see why so many people latched onto this run, and the quality continued here, and you can see why it's like one of the most celebrated Moon Knight runs. It's just a fantastic opening action scene with incredible dynamic layouts from and art by David Finch, incredibly detailed. We get fantastic narration that while is basically exposition info dump the incredible immediate mastery of mark's character mean that seeing this exposition and getting new readers caught up to mark his lifestyle his um 
every all the characters with his supporting cast done through enjoyable narration is just so succinctly done in the first half of the issue, you know, and then the second half sets up, like Rebecca said, the new status quo, the new intrigue of this whole series, uh, an interesting character to work with with someone at his bottom. We see shots of the past, especially with the gory scenes that we know will be pulled up later. It really just is masterful. I'm thinking possibly a 4.5, but I think... You know, I'm pretty happy to go a five out of five for this one. Oi. <laughs> that's uh, that's high praise for Houston's first issue, first foray into Moon Knight. Um, how about you, Rebecca? What did you think of this? It's been quite a while since you read this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was saying to Ray when when you dropped off. <laughs> I was saying to Drake, uh, <laughs> saying to Connor, though. Sorry, God, what am I even doing? Uh, that <laughs> I've read bits and pieces of moon knight but it's like the first time i so any issues i've read i don't know which they were i just picked them up and read them um as mm. and when until it got to a certain point when i started reading them much more sort of focused and if i have read this one before it's been a hell of a long time um and having read quite a lot of number one issues recently through the sort of Marvel legacy launches and stuff like that. This one really is very good for like setting up what it's going to, what, where, where Moon Knight is. If you have no idea about the character, you can get a pretty good idea from this one. I think if you're going to enjoy reading it or not, if you're not interested in that kind of like, um, redemption arcs or super violence, you ain't going to want to read this. Mm. Like, um, and the panel layouts are great. I don't know. I mean, the art's still not, I wouldn't say I love it, so I'm going like 4.5 because there's something about that super muscular, heavy line stuff. But I, you know, that's probably made up for by the. Um, I like it. I mean, I like it as an overall, but if in detail, that would knock it down for me a little bit. Uh, okay, so with Rebecca's four and a half and Connor's five, I'll have to give it a um, a four and a half as well. I reckon it's a, a very solid first issue. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, um, I can see why a lot of people like this run and, uh, and a lot of it can be seen in the first issue as well. It's just, it's just soaked in kind of grim and darkness, uh, and, and, you know, a, a very flawed character. Uh, but at the same time as well, it's a nice introduction to him, um, in his own new series with, you know, just those first six or seven pages, uh, the lack of text, um, was I think well used, uh, and the pace of the the issue was was quite good uh, as well. Uh, not to say that you know if there was more text, it would have been bogged down. I think the the lack of text was very well utilised because Finch, with his layouts and art, um, really did tell a lot of the story. Uh, I I don't mind the art as well. It's, it's very kind of old school and it's very over muscly, but um, but uh, you know his detail work is is pretty cool. Uh, and it's um, yeah, I think four and a half is is a pretty good, pretty decent, decent score for it. Hundred percent. Excellent. Right, so there you go, loonies. Um, the bottom, uh, the fun stuff, chapter one of Charlie Houston's Volume Five run. Uh, this will be the start of our modern run. So we'll um resume our classic and modern runs um so we'll be heading to issue two for this uh but um but next week we next phase uh we'll be returning to our 
classic run, I think. Yes, a classic run uh, with Spectacular Spider-Man 22 and 23. So that was released in 1978. So very different from Houston's run. Uh, and we'll have a, a guest. We'll have Chris Jones from Defenders TV Podcast hey. come over. And, um, yeah. And he's a we, big We're getting rid fans. of Rebecca. She's like, nah, get out of here. No, to be fair, no, Rebecca's fair. always always deal. with us. I'd take no. any day. <laughs> oh, no. He's a good guy, he's lovely. lovely. He's a very cool dude. And uh yeah, big Spider Man fan. So this is the first team up of Spider Man and Moon Knight in comic history, so should be good to uh to unpack with, with Chris. And um, a fairly cheap issue to buy, I found when I was searching for my comics, funnily enough. Oh, okay. Okay. Um oh just to mention is Sorry, just to also mention as well, uh, so this issue that we've just gone through panel by panel uh, is readily available. It's, um, it's, uh, oh gosh, I was about to say, you know, it's on Marvel Unlimited if you've got the subscription. Um, It's also uh, in trade um, as well. I was about to say it's in Comixology, but I'm not sure it is. I don't know. Does anyone know? (laughs) Yes, it, it most assuredly is in Comixology and Marvel Unlimited. Oh, I think we're out of sync again. I blame Gibbs. Fuck you, Gibbs. No, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Can you hear me still? Yeah. Yeah, we're back. Sorry, that was was my fault. I went out of sync there. Uh, So after a quick edit break, we're back, and we're here to sign all your lovely people off. Uh, We are Into the Night Podcast, and you can find us at our website, uh, Moon Night... uh, Is it Into the Night... I can't remember. Let me pull this up. <laughs> I accidentally yeah. entered the wrong page. It's not on here. Hold on. No, wait, it is. We're back. Yes. Our website, after that great introduction, fell apart so quickly. We're at intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. We have all our updates. We have, we'll have updates on our new podcast network that we're a part of. Uh, the collective there, we have links to everyone we're associated with on there, plus just general uh, newsletter, which Ray lovingly puts together new episodes. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can contact us via email at moonnightpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have our Facebook page also for updates, general posts, uh, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight if that's how you want to get your updates. Uh, if you want to interact with us and plenty of other great uh, loonies, uh, we have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash into the night. Twitter handles, at ITKMoonNight, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, we're on Spotify, a lot of people are enjoying getting on that train, uh, all good podcast catches, um, yeah, uh, we're now on Libsyn as well, which is a lovely um, podcasting host to get our infam- uh, our podcast directly into your ears, so uh, yes, thank you uh, for joining us for this episode, it is a particularly special issue, and we hope you enjoyed following along with us, I hope you're back next week. Yes, uh, thank you so much, Rebecca, as well, for uh, joining us on Houston's first run, panel by panel. Always. Uh, it's always Pleasure. cool to have you along. Yeah, and uh, before, hey, look, before any more of these Skype gremlins get to us again, <laughs> I'm going to sign us off. So thank you so much, and may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. 
The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.